This podcast brought to you by My Patriot Supply. Did you miss the chance to get a 72-hour emergency food supply with free shipping for just 10 bucks? What's wrong with you? Don't worry. Call 888-411-7440 right now. They have a few left, and they're selling out fast. 888-411-7440. What are you waiting for? A disaster? Do it right now. 888-411-7440. Later, Crusaders. Thanks for being here. Hope you had a wonderful Thanksgiving. So we're talking about uh, a, a day of Thanksgiving and praise. Thanksgiving has always been a religious holiday since the very beginning. Only recently has become so, um, I don't even want to call it secular. It's not even quite right. I mean, and it's only getting worse. I mean, as Black Friday, which is just awful. <laughs> it's just like the worst part of us uh, is creeping into Thanksgiving. Um, yeah, it's becoming even, uh, it's not just secular, which is like neutral, it's like evil thing. <laughs> it's becoming, it's going the wrong, wrong direction. Um, so anyway, our founding father said that Thanksgiving should be a day of solemn humiliation. So humbleness, fasting, the opposite of what we do and prayer. Um, I want to play this clip here of Ted Cruz. This is Ted the other day. Uh, didn't get any publicity here, but I think this is, um, I think this is worthy of recognizing and celebrating. And hopefully other candidates will have the courage to do the same. Here's Ted Cruz. Ted, you're a man of strong convictions and a man of deep spirituality. I've only asked this question once before. And it was here in Iowa a few months ago. When is the last time you asked God for forgiveness? And why? Well, I've asked God for forgiveness many times. Um, but is there one time that really stands out to you? You know, I would know one very difficult time was when I was in college. And when I was in college and then law school, uh, my parents got divorced. Now, I, I shared before the story of, of my father when I was a three-year-old leaving our family. He wasn't a Christian at the time. And, he and my mom were drinking far too much, and, and thankfully someone invited my dad to a Bible study, and he became a Christian, and he came back to my mom and me, and it, it reunited our family. So, so I was blessed to be raised in a Christian home. When I was in college and really law school, my parents went through a divorce, and it was a hard thing. It was a very hard thing. I did not want my parents to get divorced. Um, and I was convinced I could stop it. Uh, I had a whole lot of sins at the time, including pride, that I could stop this. This would not happen. I remember I would type out page after page of scriptures from the Bible that I would send to my parents. And, you know, one of the things all of us learn as an adult as we get older is that, you know, look, our parents are human beings and they're entitled to make flawed decisions. They're entitled to make mistakes. I thought it was a mistake at the time, but I wasn't the one entitled to make that decision. They were. And, and, and that's something that, that I have repented for the arrogance that I showed to my parents and that I was so upset that they were doing this. And I was convinced somehow I could stop it. 
And I think that was hurtful to my parents. They, they, they went forward with that decision. And, and since then, my parents remain actually, they're, they're now good friends. We have a wonderful relationship. Both my mom and my dad are wonderful grandparents to our little girls. But it was a hard thing when I was 22, 23 years old dealing with them because I wanted with all my heart to prevent it. And, and listen, I, that's not an easy thing. Uh, I think that is that is so good. That that's such a hard thing to do, right there. That three minute clip. First of all, it doesn't lend itself well to uh, our media of the day, which everything has to be you know ten seconds. And 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 or, or how long is the vine? Six seconds, three seconds. <laughs> uh, that's three minutes. So that's clearly not going to play. But uh, that's such a difficult thing to do publicly uh, to admit pride and arrogance. That's hard for anyone to admit, let alone someone running for president. When you're supposed to be boastful and powerful, and here you have to humble yourself, um, which seemingly to the world is the opposite of being powerful, even though it's the exact definition of uh, meekness. But um, I came across this quote the other day. J.R. Miller, he was a minister in the, in the late 1800s, and he was telling the story of an author who was writing a book. And he sent a copy to all of his friends, asking them to read it as critically as possible and to find every blemish and indicate every point where even the slightest improvement can be made. He, this is what he said. He wrote to his friends, quote, criticize remorselessly, for I want the new edition of my book to be as nearly perfection as possible. And J.R. Miller says, this is the way we should do with our life. No feeling of pride should ever keep us from welcoming the revelation of any flaw or imperfection in ourselves. Even the harsh and unkind criticism of enemies, we should patiently heed and consider. And if there be the smallest ground for them, like if they're, if they're right, even in the littlest bit, we should extract the sweet out of the bitter for the blessing of our own life. Most of us at least have faults of which we ourselves are entirely unaware, but which our friends and neighbors can see without a magnifying glass. While, therefore, it requires some heroism to ask men to tell us our own faults, he is wise who does not shrink from the friendly scrutiny of those who wish only to do him good. Isn't that good? I love that. Let me read one last part here. Um, it's not pleasant to stand up to be criticized. No one likes to be told his faults. Yet when we think of it, we really ought to congratulate ourselves every time we learn of a new fault in ourselves. Not because we have such a fault, but because now we have discovered it. For the discovery of a fault is to everyone who is living, uh, uh, living worthily an opportunity for fresh conquest. And for a new advance in the evolution of a noble character. So it's another opportunity for you to become the person that you want to be. To know of a fault in oneself should be instantly to challenge its continuance. Stop it. He who consents, he who agrees to keep and cherish in himself a sin or blemish of which he has become aware shows a pitiable weakness. 
He surrenders part of his life to an enemy. An enemy whom he acknowledges he cannot drive out and whom he leaves, therefore, in his stronghold to be a perpetual menace and peril to him in all the future. He permits a flaw to remain in his character, building it into the heart of the structure and leaving it there not only to be a blemish, but to be also a point of weakness at which sometime in great stress his life may break and fall. So Ted Cruz says, yeah, I was a jerk to my parents when they were getting a divorce. I was prideful and I was arrogant. And I've asked for forgiveness and I've repented over time. In that and other aspects of my life. That is such a genuine answer. And that is the kind of answer I want from any leader of mine. Someone who's confident and strong enough and humble enough that they would say, uh, give that type of answer. I was talking to, uh, have you guys, have you ever seen any speed painting done before? It was awesome. On uh, Veterans Day, I was hosting some event and there was a speed painter there and he was going to paint this painting and then auction it off for, for the military charity that we were supporting on Veterans Day. And uh, it was a black canvas. I don't know. It was pretty big. I don't know. What's big? How's this? Maybe five feet tall, three feet wide? I don't know. Something like that. Um, just a black canvas. And the music started playing. There was a band there. band was playing. And he's throwing paint up on the on the black canvas. And no one knows what it is. It's, a, it's abstract. And uh, about halfway through, I, I had the, the color scheme. I said, oh, I bet it's the Statue of Liberty. That would make sense, right? So he's, he's painting it, and, you're like, and everyone's like, oh, I think it's the Statue of Liberty, maybe. He's painting, painting, painting. He's dancing around. He's painting, throwing paint up on the thing, pop, 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 pop. And then uh, he spins the canvas. He spins it around, and then it turns right side up. He was painting the thing upside down, and it turns right side up and just exploded on you. It was, it was unbelievable. I've never seen a painting come to life like that. It was, I've, ne- I've never seen it like that. Right at first, it was like I think it's the Statue of Liberty, but it didn't quite look at them. Oh my gosh, she's looking and she's alive on the canvas. I'm not even exaggerating. Her eyes, her mouth—it was stunning. And he did it in by four minutes. Unbelievable! Just gasps from the entire audience. So I said, I got to have this guy on my show. So we got to talk to him a couple of days after that, and about his passion and all this stuff. Really great story this guy has. But I said, how did you get so good? Right, basically. And he says, Oh, I surrounded myself with people who are way better than me. <laughs> said I surrounded myself with, with artists who were way better than me and I took their criticisms it's hard to do I was talking to a, a mentor of mine and he was telling the story where just last weekend he uh, well a couple weeks ago maybe a couple months ago he had an idea for a company that he he's uh, an advisor towards and he's like, oh, I got this idea. And he gave it to a colleague of his. And his colleague's like, oh, it's a great idea you had. Um, and, and they said, all right, let's go make it happen. So they, they put it together. They made a presentation to this company. And the people that they made the presentation to, uh, the boss says, wow, uh, Charlie, that is, uh... oh, I should say Charlie's the colleague in this example. They said, wow, Charlie, where, like, how do you keep coming up with these great ideas? And Charlie, the colleague, the one who did not come up with the idea, said, they just come to me. <laughs> he wasn't the one who came up with the idea. It was his boss who came up with the idea, who was sitting right next to him. 
And the boss, my mentor, my friend, he he said he became, he just got enraged, just in, on the inside, just all this ugliness uh, boiled to the to the surface. And he because he's like, hold on, you didn't come up with the idea. I came up with the idea, you jerk. But he quickly realized. He said, whoa, 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 whoa. is this who I want to be? Is this is this the type of person I want to be? The one who always needs to get the credit? The one who needs the ego stroke here? The one who needs to be prideful? The one who needs to be arrogant all the time? The one who cares who gets credit? Who cares? It doesn't matter. It's good for the company. It's good for my company that I own. It's good for my employee who now has more trust from the people who are paying us. And it's good for the, for the, uh, the, the company we're advising here. The customer is happy. Everyone wins here. Why do I need my ego stroked? And he said, I don't want to be that person. And he realized that that moment and all the anger that was inside of him, that was a gift. He said, that was God telling me, you can't be this arrogant if you're going to grow your company. That, that's what he learned. He said, if you're going to take on more accounts and you're going to do more with this company, you can't be this type of person or else it will all come crumbling down. And that's what J.R. Uh, Miller said um, in that last part I read right there. He said... Um, he said, if you don't get rid of it, if you permit this flaw to remain, then it, it's going to be built into the heart of your life. And it will be a point of weakness at which sometime in great stress, your life may break and fall. And that's why he said, I got to get this out of my life because I can't grow my business uh, or my life with this inside of me. J.R. Miller said, get it out of your life. Drive it out. Build up the heroism to confront it. So I don't know, maybe this weekend's not a bad time for that. Right? Around Thanksgiving. Let's find that blemish. Let's drive it out. And we'll come back on Monday and uh, and do better. one 93 Mike Slater, show the Blaze Radio Network. Spread the word. You're listening to... Mike Slater on the Blaze Radio Network. This podcast brought to you by My Patriot Supply. Did you miss the chance to get a 72 hour emergency food supply with free shipping for just 10 bucks? What's wrong with you? Don't worry, call 888-411-7440 right now. They have a few left, and they're selling out fast. 888-411-7440. What are you waiting for? A disaster? Do it right now. 888-411-7440.